Hi, Rupa. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining the call with me. I think I thought it'd be really cool to like get to know one another, you know, how our creator's journey within the food industry has kind of got us to where we are. Um, kind of just want to understand a little bit more about like your journey and how you started or when you started and why you started. Okay, let's let me do first. Um, I started around May or June of 2021. So almost two years ago. Um, so back then I, I quit my job. So I, before I had a corporate job for two and a half years, um, and I quit my job, then I was in the process of moving to Sweden for my master's study. Um, so I thought it was like new country, new life, new everything. So I was like basically reinventing myself. So I wanted to have something that I'm passionate about for myself. And I have always loved making videos especially so I thought that maybe I could incorporate that with cooking because cooking is also another of my hobby and then back then I think I just started transitioning to being vegan so I was like okay then I'm gonna do video vegan food and then I'm doing like combined combination of all of these um so I started like that and so I started with Instagram I keep posting videos of me cooking first and then I expanded to a blog and then I expanded to like other platforms um and then when it started to gain more traction then I started taking it more seriously and then looked into like making money out of it and stuff so it's like it's still a learning journey for me but I think I learned a lot and I have improved a lot and I had many nice achievement so yeah it's been a journey <laughs> oh that's really cool and when did you start when did I start um I started okay I started I started the whole thing in 2021 in the summer and then I started monetizing I think January of 2022 so back then I was still doing my master's study in Sweden. So I was combining it with the studies. Um, so I started uh, earning ads money from the blog. So I think I, my first month it was like, I earned like $2. <laughs> that was January of 2022. But I was so happy that I earned $2. Oh. Um, and, then, and then like at the end of the study, I started to... Uh, reach out to brand and it, it started to explore other streams of income so I was getting better and better and had some more contacts and then my income started to get more stable and then at the end of the year so at the end of 2022 um, I started selling my ebook so it's my first digital product so I think yeah so the um, the job, I think I started officially monetizing it as a job in June of 2022. So exactly one year after I started. But my income started to be stabilized like by November or December of that year. So in the beginning, I was like trying and just seeing what works. But I think I'm, I'm getting the hang of it pretty well now. That's really good. And did you feel like um majority of your income comes from... Instagram, TikTok, ebook, or your blog? Uh, 
so currently it's from my brand collaborations because I think my social media is the most successful. So I had like some long-term collaboration with some brands that I've been working with. So those give me like a consistent stream of income. In the ebook, um, I say the first month that I published it out, it sold a lot, but now it's more like stabilized. But it's like, it's nice to have a passive income stream. Um, and earning money from the blog, I think it's quite difficult. So I earned the least amount of money on my blog, but I think it's just, the blog thing is something that takes time. So I know that I'm gonna reach a point where it's more, um, yeah, it's more like profitable and consistent, but now it's like around $100, which is not a lot, but I'm like still working a lot on it because I see a lot of potential in it. Um, as I can see like with brand collaborations, like some months, maybe the brand will not pay you because maybe they withdraw out of a contract or if it's just a short-term contract or if like they go out of business or something. But so it's more unstable. Whereas with the blog, then you are kind of more sure that you are going to have people visiting it and the ads from it so I feel like it's a more stable source of income the blog but it just takes more time and it takes patience yeah for sure no I can only imagine and I think what's great is that because your brand in terms of in terms of creating your videos with the pro with a brand's product included it's only your skill that no one can actually duplicate so it's almost like that's why it gives you so much money because it's, it's so unique to you that people like your style and showing how to use their product. And I think that's probably why a lot of more of the income comes from there. Um, that's really cool. And so a lot of the brands you work with, are they from Vietnam or are they from US? Like, or are they more global brands? Like, how do you go about selecting the brands that you would want to work with? So back in Sweden, I had some Swedish clients and one from Thailand. Um, and now because I moved back so I moved back to Vietnam in January. So I've been, I still keep in contact with the brand from Thailand, but, but the, I lost all my Swedish clients because it's just like the localization factor. But I have been in contact with a Vietnamese brand, with not really a Vietnamese brand, but like they are like a brand from the US, but they have like a product, a market in Vietnam. So it's like, quite a good fit but it's like it's still going on so I'm not gonna talk a lot about it but the of course no, no, no that's fine that's fine that's completely the, fine it makes sense I get it but the Thai brand um I've been working with them for like six months and they still continue to work with me so I produce like one video per month for them which is like I think it's like good because I I can work I can still have time to work on my other part of my business and my own content but yeah. Um, um, yeah, I want to hear about your story. Like, how did you start? When did yeah. you start? So I actually started in uh, 2020 April. Um, and this was just more of a fun thing, just a bit of a hobby. I thought we just got into lockdown and, you know, instead of like spending all my time like on Netflix and stuff, um, me and one of my friends, we started the pages together and 
uh, just something for fun, like literally for fun, because we obviously work five days a week in London in the office. So we'd go out to eat all the time uh, or we'd go out with our, with our other friends all the time and just try so much food. I'm such a big foodie when I go out to eat. I love trying anything cheesy, anything deep fried. Um, so just a little bit of a backstory. I'm actually vegetarian and vegan at home, I think naturally in our Indian background, Indian cuisines, um, Gujarati cuisine it is vegan before we even like try to make it vegan. So a lot of my lifestyle has been on that diet. Um, I do eat meat outside of the house sometimes purely for like, you know, protein, things that I probably lack in my day-to-day balanced diet. But 99% of the time, I am more of a vegan slash vegetarian without me even realising it. Um, so yeah, from starting my blog, it was really fun. And then I think because at the time in the UK when we were in lockdown, we weren't allowed to actually actively sit in restaurants and eat. So the only other thing we could do was go to like food stalls. And because it was a way for us to pick up food, go meet people, have that interaction, apart from, you know, being on FaceTime to your friends every day or being at home with your family, it was nice to get that different kind of perspective with business owners. Um, and I think that's where like the growth of food stalls really kind of shoot it off in the UK especially in like London like Camden Food Market um you know Truman Brewery like all these places around London um and then before you know it like you know we went in and out of you know lockdown we kind of lifted up where we could actually go to restaurants and I think from there we started to get like a lot of invites for food stores and restaurants and honestly it was so much fun like I mean to have free food like free gourmet food and get dressed up and take content I think it was so nice just purely because um purely because it's like it's such low effort however I feel like being in that scenario and that mindset a lot of bloggers don't really like truly mention it but sometimes like you do put on weight and there's nothing wrong with putting on weight but it's in an unhealthy way sometimes and I feel like you get bloated like you don't feel great about yourself you take leftovers home and you eat that the next day is you don't really tend to really look after yourself because a lot of food is given for free a lot of alcohol is given for free um but also another thing is there's a lot of food wastage as well I mean I used to probably waste so much food purely because I could just take content of the food and you know also food gets cold by the time you finish creating your content you're not present with the other person like if I go with my best friends or if I go with my family my sister or something I'm not truly present with them because I'm busy taking content because it's actually for work right um and then yeah also like if there's a new spot open in London or like a new place um, that loads of influencers are being invited to it's almost like you want to be the first one to get there and be the first one to upload it or you kind of have that kind of mental thing like if I upload it first then maybe you know I'll get more traction to that video then maybe my blog will get more traction and etc and I just thought you know what I feel like this is more draining especially because a lot of the time I was doing it for free I mean I'm so appreciative for having lots of free food and you know being able to go on these amazing experiences but I then decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to navigate my page again, uh, but doing more recipes. And this was purely because I wanted to learn uh, the skill of like trying to cook more. I, I mean, I love food and I love like making things every now and then, but I wouldn't call myself like a, like a, like a person that can cook every day and cook everything. I'm actually just learning along the way. Like if there's something that interests me, maybe, I don't know, something simple, um, I will go learn how to make it or I'll go try it and I'll just upload it because I think for everyone as much as 
people can cook or people want to show like their Vietnamese cuisine for instance like yourself I feel like I'm just showing another part of my journey of being someone who just likes something online and wants to try to cook it but also trying to involve like my family cuisine so I do my Sunday series with my mum just because I feel like when your mum can cook why do you need to cook because your mum can make it so much better but um, it's a way for me to learn and have it like documented on how to make something so yeah now I'm just in this phase where I'm trying to figure out what my thing is because I feel like once I've kind of attached like a niche that's authentic to me um, I feel like I can like fully go you know 100% into it whereas like for you it is the vegan uh, Vietnamese cuisine but with video kind of recording and I love content creating I love when I'm doing a recipe I love like the ending of it when it all comes together and I'm like oh this is such a nice video that I've created I mean you probably feel the same way so that's like one of the best parts of content creating which I've kind of built up the skill um but yeah that's kind of like my journey in terms of like monetization so I've actually quit my job in January in banking to fully pursue this I know I'm only at like 10,000 followers and you're like at 100,000 followers but no. I feel like everyone's, it, everyone's journey is different right and I said to myself well if I try it for one whole year kind of give my all um, learn how to reach out to brands and learn how to nurture relationships understand like what how much I should appropriately be charged um you know just like a nice creative community um then you know I might be somewhere in six months time or I might be somewhere in eight months time or I might be somewhere in one year's time like even for you you started in like let's say in the summer of 2021 you were able to monetize within like a year properly and I think that's such a cool journey that's a journey that I want to try and jump on but in my own authentic way so like in terms of like reaching out to brands I know like a lot of the time they'll say oh we don't have budget we don't have budget but at the same time it's more like actually I know I know they don't have budget but how can I keep nurturing this relationship to the point when when they do have a campaign I would really want them to consider me um a lot of the time like they might not have anything but you know if I do keep persistent on that then one day out of this entire year, they will have a campaign, you know what I mean? So um, it's been a great journey so far. I feel like I've been able to luckily monetize a really good amount, but because I'm not at that stage where I have a huge following, where a lot of my content is circulating a lot more than yours, it means that I have to put in a lot more hard work to make sure next month's income comes in. So for right now, I, I'm satisfied with what January has brought in February has brought in March has brought in but I'm kind of like okay what's going to happen in April now you know so a lot of the time I don't work long I've never worked long term with a brand I've only worked short term with a brand so like one off or maybe like I'd create two three reels for them or two three like TikToks for them um, within like a space of time for them to upload over a long period of time as opposed to you probably work with a brand where every month you produce like two videos for them or something right so for me it's I've never I've never really done that but I'd love to get onto that long-term partnership with brands um just to establish like more money coming in but at the same time like I know what I'm going to be cooking next month um so yeah it's been scary it's been it's been interesting but I I just want to make sure I'm learning everything myself rather than getting managed by someone else you know what I mean because when you get managed by someone else 
I think I'm like missing out on the learning of like how to nurture relationships, how to like, um, you know, how like the money side of it works, how to negotiate. Um, I think I struggle with that. So that's something like I would definitely love like your advice on in terms of like, how do you reach out to brands? How do you know your worth in like what you should get charged? Um, like, you know, maybe the business side of, of like your page and your um blog and all your other platforms like how do you approach that first i want to say what you're doing is great and i also started off creating like very very short-term projects and it's it gave me so much anxiety because i don't know what what's going to happen next month and then when is the money coming in so I think it was like a struggle with for me. And I think it's one of the disadvantage of having brand collaborations and relying on one source of income. So my advice would be to, okay, so two, I will answer your question in two parts. So the first part is about diversifying your income stream. And the second part will be more about how I approach brand collaboration. So for the first one, I think, so like like what they say, don't put all the eggs in one basket. Just like try to diversify your income. So for example, I have I have income stream from my blog. I have brand collaboration. Um and I have like the sales of my digital products. So like that would be my three highest source of income. And I also like try to look at other stuff to see what stakes. So like so I think for me that would be an advice so just see what other source of income are out there and how you can approach it yeah just learn and just experiment on the way to see what works for you so for me uh, I think the ebook has been quite good because I I, I kind of know my audience and I have a specific niche so I created an ebook on vegan Vietnamese food and I know that my audience are going to love it because it's just like what they do what I do and what would the reason that they follow me for so that would be my advice I know some people so for example one of my creative friends be extra vegan uh, she she also had the cooking course and she also monetized via her YouTube channel so there's like so many ways mm. that you can do it just see what sticks for you. So for me, I think I kind of I kind of did a like a SWOT analysis to identify like my strengths and my weaknesses. And I think I like I like making videos and I like blogging. So I like writing a lot. So those are like the main reason for me choosing to monetize via blog and ebook. But like, of course, according to your strength, then you can look at other source. Okay, and then the second point, how I approach brand collaborations. Um, so typically I would, like every month, I would update my media kit. So media kit is like a, like a information about your accounts, your engagement information, like audience, demographics, and stuff like that. And if you have, if you have previous experience, then you can put it in like, how did it go? Um, if you have like feedback from your previous client, you can also like put it there. So it will increase your credibility. You probably have it as well. Yeah, I, I use more of a creative portfolio than a media kit. Um, mm. I think like one kind of one thing that I started off with at the start of the year was I want to show it more like a 
rather than it being extremely stats related I did just put my stats in I wanted to show a lot of like my past collaborations or how like I do my style of video content creating um, basically just put mm. as much information about me as possible and then I kind of like put a um, page on I guess my engagement and things like that and then um, uh, like testimonials I think that's what you're saying like feedback I, I work put, I try my best to put a lot of testimonials but because the marketing agencies that work for a brand they don't want to be shown which brands that they're working with as kind of like a confidential thing. So sometimes I wouldn't be able to get testimonials. I don't know if you've ever had that, but um, so that can be quite frustrating sometimes because I can't build up like who I've worked with and stuff like that without, yeah, basically I can't, I can't show them, but um, yeah. no, your advice was really good. I think with a media kit, I'm still trying to improve it. Like there's always something I'm trying to improve. Like maybe I'll change up like the videos I put in from like the past collaborations. Maybe I'll update with my more recent collaborations just to kind of give more current kind of, because um... obviously like as much as you grow, your talent in video editing grows as well. So that's kind of like one of the things I really want to reflect in my updated videos when I do attach it to my creative portfolio um, and even with my stats as well um, so in terms of like stats like what do you actually include like exactly you I know you include like your reach and impressions but what else do you include my reach my impressions my um audience demographics because a lot of brands they look so like how how what is the percentage of your audience locating in which country, which city? Mm -hmm. Age, female, male or female. Mm. What else? And I think I included an engagement rate. There's like a formula on it. I think I found it on the internet. Yeah. And then you have like, and then, okay. And then I, I ca ca I'm not very good at math. So I just like use a calculator <laughs> to do that. <laughs> and then they have a, and they have a, um they have a thing called average reach or average engagement for a creator this size so like this amount of for, for example 10,000 followers then the engagement rate on average will be this and then I will put like a mark on that so to show that my account is more engaging than the average account oh that is actually really smart so you're basically already putting in the work to show them that you're doing better than others yeah. so that they don't need to actually like double check that that's actually really smart to be fair that's really smart I should actually do that at an average rate because I know it's quite different um with one thing like I don't know about how it is over there but in like UK a lot of brands or like a lot of marketing agencies want to work with more medium to micro content creators like ourselves mm. because uh, I think macro like people are in the millions or like you know the like 800,000 plus I think they have like the lowest engagement rate because they have a lot yeah. of like bots and stuff which has become a really big thing especially after lockdown just to kind of like boost their page up um so it's been crazy so it's nice that they actually are focusing on people like you and me I mean I'm much smaller than you but it's just nice that they're focusing on our communities which is which is exactly how it should be and that's because our engagement rate is so much better and I so think yeah 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 I think like the the bigger your account grows then the more the lower the engagement rate will be just because I think more account will be more inactive like maybe some people go in I never bought any followers, but I guess like 
the account they will be less engaged because it's been a while or maybe there's too there's like way too many people coming in versus the people that is engaging so i think it's like it's a quite a normal thing but i do put that in just to see that they see that it's not only about the number but also like the engagement and what they're gonna get is also quite a lot and i think i yeah i think that's that and then in terms of sending and reaching out to brands then i and I think normally also do it via um, emails. I don't, I think I started out when I was smaller, I started reaching out via cold email or if I know somebody who works at a company, I would reach out to them via LinkedIn just because the percentage of you opening LinkedIn is way bigger. But I think recently I have more brands reaching out to me within like the last couple of months. Um, and so I think, so for me now, it's like, um, now it's just like less of me reaching out and more of like me negotiating my rates and seeing if it's like a right fit for me, because I think it's also important to have a balance between having like profits from the brand and working with a brand that you like and you, and you like, um, you align, you value, you align with, because if I, if I work with like a some brand that is like not relevant at all, like toothbrush or clothing or something, like okay, maybe I will get the money, but I feel like my audience will not trust me or I will lose the trust. And so my focus would be more on food. And I think you as well, like we would like to focus on something like food or kitchen or cooking as much as possible. So having like a very specific niche that when I do promote a brand and my audience will know that it's like legit because I, I would I would reject a lot of the brand that don't align with my values. And I think it's like quite important, but also a bit scary sometimes when you reject a brand just because you're not going to get the money from them. You're like, oh. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. I feel like, especially in my kind of, um, what do you call it? the amount like where I'm at compared to you is true like because you think oh that the extra could help you know just in case I don't get something else next month or you know that can actually help with my bills or like whatever but it's true because it, sometimes you need to just know your worth in this game yeah so no I completely agree I think sometimes what's good is that for me in terms of like when I reject it's more so that I don't reject them because I don't want to work with them. I reject them because I feel like what they're offering isn't enough for me. So it mm. might just mean that if they really like my content and they want to work with me, um, it kind of is like a one-off. They don't really have budget for it, but they're just choosing to work with me. Whereas if they have a campaign, they actually have a dedicated like budget to it. So it's, it's different mm. when you... So for instance, like in February, a brand reached out to me, a really big brand reached out to me, but they wanted to gift me. Um, and obviously gifted versus getting paid, I feel like are, it's two different things. I think for my kind of level at 10K, 11K, they don't really think we, well, they didn't really think I had the knowledge of like negotiating or having a media kit. I don't think they expected it. So when they did say, oh, we'd like to gift you it, I was kind of like, no, um, 
I actually would like to get paid for it if I'm going to do work with guys this is my creative portfolio and then when I sent that email to them and they responded back to me they were like oh okay we're going to take this a lot more seriously now because it was almost like a bit like an insult um at times I don't know if you ever feel like that but um what's great is now though I've just been nurturing that relationship with them over the last two months me and the person working at this brand have are really good friends like over email just our relationship is really great and um she's kind of like put me at the top of the roster because we've just she's got to know me I've got to know her um and now that they have a campaign this Easter <coughs> it means that um now I'm getting paid for it and I'm officially part of their campaign which for me is like okay so mm -hmm. it is worth it you need to like nurture these relationships like it is possible it's just putting in that work especially because me, I'm like working, doing it more myself, whereas brands reaching out to me, I feel like I have to do it more, which is fine. This is where like my own work comes in. But it is crazy, like in terms of how you negotiate when you do need to reject them, because you, I could have easily been like, OK, let me accept this or a small amount or let me accept this gifted because next time they work with me, they might pay me. But that means also on their end oh she's gifted she's accepted gifted once she can accept gifted again you know so it's almost like establishing who you are establishing what you will accept establishing what you would re would reject so I completely understand what you're saying but um I think from like your kind of like bracket of like followings how do you feel like um your growth has been with more and more engagement like how do you feel like you get more dms and how do you work with your DMs? How do you work with people emailing you so that you can like refer them to go to your ebook, for instance, and purchase it? Like, how does that transform for you to get more sales? So for brand collaborations, I still and so so honestly, I still have a lot of people DMing me and asking me if I can produce a free piece of content for free for them. And then it was like really weird in. Like, I, I think my motto now is, like, I think I post, like, a sticky note on my computer, like, do not work for free. <laughs> I put that. I love that. So just so, like, I, I know my worth, and I know, like, I think it's, like, important to know your worth and, like, the amount of time and money and effort and hours that you are pulling in. So it's, like, it's valuable. And all of those accumulative knowledge and skill that you build over time so you are worthy and you should be paid so yeah. but I still have those and then I would say that oh I don't work for free um and then they would respond back like oh okay we don't have a budget but can we pay you like 150 150 <laughs> okay that's really that's basically nothing for you like you should be getting way more you should be in the thousands if anything I like in the beginning I, I feel like in the beginning I did not know my worth I think like when I was like at your range I did not know my worth at all so I think you are already doing better than me at the time but like uh. over time I think it's just I just increase my 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 confidence and then I feel more confident in asking for more and negotiating for more and I think it's like it comes with like a knowledge like a trust. I think it comes with a trust that whatever meant for you will be. So if like those brands cannot afford you, then they are not meant for you because there will be way better or more 
um, yeah, a better opportunity coming your way. So it's like when a door closes, another opens. So I think I live with that motto and it has been true. Right? When I, whenever I reject an opportunity because it's not a right fit or because it's not in my budget, um, like better opportunity and better brand come along. And I, I think it's like, I think your strategy about nurturing the relationship over time it's also something I did because I remember like I I think like when I start monetizing, I reached out to a brand in Sweden and they really like my content and they really wanted to work with me, but because they don't even have a product in the market yet. So they was like waiting for the launch. And then I think I reached out to them like three, four months later. And then they was like, Oh yeah, we remember you. Um like we remember you like of course we want to work with you it's like a no-brainer for us and I think oh. it's like also yeah it's like very sweet and I think it's just like also like what you said it's like because of all of the um nurturing the relationship and waiting for the right moment yeah I agree I completely agree it's, it's genuinely like with what you said in terms of when one door closes another one opens I think I remember specifically it was this time last month and I was like oh my god like how am I gonna earn money this month like nothing's coming in like not even like a potential no worries no uh, so I was saying this time last month I was really stressing like oh like nothing's coming in like um you know what am I gonna do so kind of like my goals right now especially just starting out is to at least replace like my salary like that's like my my goal right now especially like you know up until a good six to eight months like if I can at remotely get close to at least 80 to 80 percent of my previous salary then I feel like okay I can sustain myself by myself but it's just about the fact that what's coming in next month is obviously scary but going back to like what you said so this time last month I was stressing I had anxiety I was like oh my god what's gonna happen and um I'm very like a calm person I don't really experience the most anxiety on a day-to-day but if I do it means that I just need to stop and I need to just have a moment and just kind of be like everything's going to be okay and you know as soon as I stopped and I just said to myself everything's going to be okay something you're 30 days in this month something's definitely going to come in the last three months have proved that so you're going to be okay and I'm not lying to you like in the following week um I got so much good news like the relationship that I nurtured two months ago had like come back to me they said hey we've got this campaign for Easter and I just felt like so much more secure in that moment I think going through moments like that it makes you feel okay like so it is possible you know it it is possible to take a moment and things will happen so for me it's more like building up that confidence muscle like you've done the work like you've nurtured relationships like they will come back to you and if they don't then they don't like it's not the end of the world um so yeah I completely um, completely believe like what you say and when one door closes another one opens rejection is redirection you know so I agree um you said something else after that about um so what did you mention after that I'm trying to remember <laughs> oh yeah gifted yeah don't work for free don't work yeah. for free yeah I think the one time I will always work for free is if it's a brand new small business that I completely align with like if I love like for instance Mm. I don't mind saying now but there was a small brand which I didn't realize was actually a small entity of a big corporation but anyways this brand is called um, Bling Ingredients and they basically provide like toppings and um, like cookie dough bites and stuff like that to 
like ice cream parlors and stuff as their toppings. But what they started to do was they started to sell their cookie dough in bags for consumers so that you can put in your freezer and you can make your cookie dough anytime. So I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is so cool. Like they've only got like less than a thousand followers. I'd love to like create content for them because this is a product that I love straight away. Um, so for me, I would actually be like, yeah, I will work for you for free and I will create content for you for free. But then when I realized that they were actually part of a big company, I did ask like, hey, I would la- love to work with you longer time because they loved like what I created for uh, Valentine's Day. Um, but at the time they didn't have budget. And I was like, you know what? It is what it is. I tried. I, you know, I love doing what I did for them. Let's keep it moving. So terms of working for free it will only be for a small business but anyone that's part of a marketing agency if they're able to afford a marketing agency that means they're able to afford to pay you that's how I always remember it that's true and I think when you are starting out like when you want to gain experience then it's also okay to work for free just so that you can feel like your portfolio and you can like and I think it's like also like um, if it's like the right brand for you, then maybe they will come back with a pay opportunity just because they really enjoy working with you. So it yeah. could be something to consider. But I think, yeah, I think just like when you are already growing, then yeah, yeah you should know your worth and yeah, just keep moving forward if <laughs> if it's not Definitely. the right opportunity. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about like what... Are there any struggles that you face when you decide to be a content creator? Are there any judgment from other people or other feelings that involve? Yeah, actually, it's a recent one I kind of realized. And it's because I think because I don't fully understand what my niche is, because I'm still trying out so many different things, I feel like when I don't know my niche, I feel like it's hard for me to be completely authentic and when I'm not completely authentic, I feel like people around me can feel, or even like my audience can feel like, okay, I don't know what her thing is. I like her content, but I don't know what her thing is. And that kind of makes me not believe in myself at times, especially like when things aren't coming in or like when I'm getting a lot of rejection or I feel like just things aren't working out for me. So in that moment, I it makes me realize, okay, I need to evaluate what my niche is, how to like, how to like go down a certain direction just like how yours is Vietnamese vegan cuisine I think that is you can't like you can't get more niche than that you know so for me I want to figure out like do I want to do because my niche right now is more vegan and vegetarian recipes I think that that's quite like a bigger niche and it's still quite saturated so for me I need to go down even more into like a sector but um that's one of my struggles right now trying to figure out figure out figure that out but another thing is is more like I feel like because it's such a brand new boom in industry, normally when we work in a nine-to-five, that's normalised. So if I'm working to nine-to-five, everyone around me thinks, okay, she's stable. Everyone thinks like, okay, she's got a job, you know, that's fine, which is true because you get healthcare, you get pension, you get all those things, right? Whereas obviously right now, I don't have any of those things. Um, So it makes people think like, what is she doing on a day-to-day? Like, it's all digital rather than like me physically going to work or physically working at a computer for a job. So it makes me think that they think I'm doing nothing when really it's so much work, like engaging or so much work editing, so much work cooking, cleaning up, but going out there, buying the product, being on your feet, 
And I think they just think I'm normally cooking, like, you know, as if we cook for dinner or lunch. Mm. So that's been like a really big struggle um, with a lot of people seeing that I'm doing nothing when really I'm doing a lot. Um, mm. But aside from that is obviously the algorithm. The algorithm mm. has really like grown, stopped, like it's helped me. It's not done great for me. It's it's really impacted my reach, for instance. So like in January, I did a Veganuary series where I did 31 recipes each day. Mm. I want one for each day. Um, and that worked really well because that started like my journey on fully being um, a freelancer doing this, like really great. My engagement was going great. I was collaborating. And then in February, it was going great. And then March, all of a sudden, mid-March, it just stunted it completely. So for the last two to three weeks, like my engagement has been poor. And when that happens, it kind of makes me feel like I'm not doing well or like it just makes me feel like what am I doing like I put all this effort in all these loads of hours into creating this content for, for like 150 likes and I know I shouldn't compare it on likes and engagement but because I view this as a mm. business I have to look at those things I have to look at my metrics so then it makes me think okay if I've done really not so great in the last three videos then when brands that I've reached out to come back on my page again and they look at my stats they're not going to see like I'm worth investing in as a campaign or I'm not going to be worth like collaborating with so it really does struggle and I think that does stem down to me not having my niche you know I don't have a strong audience that like exactly what I'm producing because it's different every day and I think that's just where it stems from and I kind of have a recent realization on so yeah it kind of, I don't know it's, it's something I really want to do I've kind of been exploring how to do maybe vegan and vegetarian Indian food because I love Indian food so and that's my background anyway so maybe I was thinking more of that but it means that I won't be able to fully upload or do the things I also love like other random things um so like how do you deal with that what are your struggles when you're in my position and how did you work through them like in terms like in terms of the struggle with the algorithm I think like even me like some Sometimes I would have like 40% down of engagement, even though I work a lot. So it's not really like, I think like it's not really about me. It's just like being, I think it's just like, I finally learned to kind of detach from the number. It's like, okay, I know that those are number and I understand that, okay, they are 40-50% off this month. But I'm not going to let myself be down or be demotiv demotivated because of it. But I will see, like, maybe is there something I can do better? Like, I would just figure out, like, is there something I can do better? Or is there another recipe that would be more in alignment with what I do? And one thing I like to do is, like, I do a content audit. I think every quarter... Um, I but I think honestly I should do more. So I just like I have like an Excel sheet of all of my recipe and then the engagement and then we'll see like okay maybe this recipe is trending really well. Um, then maybe I should do like a twist off of it or something that is related to it because obviously it's like it's like working. So like that's what I do a lot of the time. So instead of being attached to the number, instead of being down because I'm not getting the results I want, I see them as like opportunity to kind of learn from it and like try to not make the same mistake or grow from it in some way. Mm. But I think it's just no, like really normal. 
Yeah, really. Like, yeah. It's okay. It's like the engagement rate is like super normal. Like a lot of people have it. So it's like maybe this month is like that. The next month you can try and improve. And then and then it will go back up again. It's always like that. It's always like up and down, up and down. So it's just like very normal. So yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I really like that idea. I've actually noted it down to kind of list all my, let's say in the last, I started in January. So listing all my content and seeing what the engagement was for each one. I think that is such a smart idea to kind of like visually see from a stats point of view, what's working, what's not working. Um. I'm definitely going to do that because I think right now it's I'm in a I'm in a um, discovering phase like what's working mm. for me how can I like make things easier for me because um, for every content creator I feel like it's different like how they audit their own stuff so that's really good I do like that but yeah the algorithm can really put me down at times mm. um, I think because you're such a big content creator it means that even if the algorithm's not in your favor, your audience are in your favor, that like fit in your favor, like the people that follow you, mm. because you have such a strong community. And I, I really resonate with that because um there are so many bloggers that I follow. I'm like, oh my God, wow, I haven't seen them their content in so long. And it might be because of the algorithm not putting it in front of my face. Yeah. But it that because I like their content, I will go back to their page and actually see what's new that they've uploaded. Um so yeah, it, it really is your true community following you and helping you. But yeah, that's just been one of the major struggles for me. Um, I think one thing that I feel like I'm going to focus on in the next three months is mm. definitely niching down. Um, and I'm going to try like explore a little bit more. So in terms of like you prepping your content, like how do you know what you're going to make like this this upcoming week or this upcoming month? And how many times do you post in the month? I have like a super, I have like a super complicated, it's not complicated, but it's very, I would say systematic. I, yeah, I do like, no, it's, I, so, yeah, it's, okay. So I, um, I, I have like a list on my phone where whenever I have a content idea that pops up, I would put it in my notes, in my app. Yeah. Um, and then. And, and then like every beginning of the month, I would make a list um, of like, so I normally do two to three per week. So, because I think and my content takes a lot of time to produce. So I do like two to three. um And then, so it would be like maybe nine to nine to 12 posts per month. And then I would look at those content ideas and then I would see, uh, which one is like the most interesting for me and also because I also do my blog I also do keyword research so I yeah so I do like a keyword research to see if that recipe idea has a lot of search so it's like a, a combination method so if they, I see okay it has a lot of searches then I think it's promising and a lot of people are going to work on it so not only social media it's going to work in my favor but also um, the SEO and the Google search is going to work in my favor. So combining all of that. Um, and then, yeah, and then I think I would choose like 12 recipes from the list to do. And then, but like sometimes I, I, I think I'm also pretty organized, but also spontaneous in the sense that, okay, maybe like the second week, I would have like one super random idea or I see like a TikTok trend and I want to try that. So I could easily like swap out one of the ideas from the current month and then replace it with the one that I like. 
So I think I give myself that flexibility to still have creative and like have having like a process. Um, yeah, and I think it's really important to just like write everything down. So it's just like, because sometimes you have like crazy genius ideas and then you forgot what it was. So I like write it down like in your notebook, in your note app, wherever. Um, and then also, I also like, one thing I like to do is like, if I have a recipe or something that is gaining a lot of traction, then I would reuse that one. Uh, or repurpose or find something that is relevant. So for example, I had one recipe is chickpea tofu is really popular. So I try to use the idea. So it's like tofu from made from chickpea. So I think, okay, what else can I make tofu from? Um, tofu made from red lentil, tofu made from pumpkin seeds, for example. And this week I'm doing I a love, tofu from black beans. I bean. love, love, love your chickpea tofu. I was like, what a what a simple idea but so inventive like how has no one really thought of this before it's just so cool like no wonder it went viral because they obviously did take a lot of like this is that's so cool even <laughs> I think that I was like I'm gonna make this oh so cool yeah I think it's like that so it's like what it's like having new content ideas um, and then also like old content ideas. Because I mentioned before, I track my blog posts and I see which one is getting a lot of traction. So I know that those are the recipe that works. Um, and then I will try to leverage it in some way. I think I have a post on my feed on Food Creator Co. about leveraging my existing content because I think it's super effective because you know that it's already worth it. It's going to work again in your favor. Um, and then... Also, it's going to take you less time because you already kind of have an idea. So if you're doing something similar to it, so for example, I have like a chickpea tofu, then I know that, okay, it's red lentil. It's going to be like similar process. I am not, I'm, I don't have to think about like the whole recipe, but it's just like the soaking the lentil and then cooking it. It's like similar process because it's like legumes, but just looks different. And then the ingredient a, a bit different. So it's like also it saves you time and also it's going to work because it has proven that it has worked before. So it's like, there's a high chance that it will work again. So I think it's like, say sometimes you produce a post and you don't see a lot of traction, you don't see a lot of engagement, but it's not really a failure. It's more like a learning opportunity. I would, I always say like, there's no such thing as failure. Everything is just experience because, okay, you know that maybe you know that this is not gonna work, then you stop doing it or you try to find a way to make it different to work in some way and then if you see something gonna work you're gonna leverage you're gonna reuse or repurpose it because it's already proven that it's been working yeah so i think it's like a big it's like a big difference for me from working on my content as a hobby because i started out as a hobby as well versus doing content as a business um person owner so i like before i would just create whatever content that i like but business now it's like working on it as a business and taking it seriously i would think about what how it's performing like how do the audience how do other people react to it yeah so it's like a change of that and also like adapting the mindset of like a business owner with a lot of strategy and process and systems because I think it's like a big part of the game it's like how you automate your tasks because it's like it's gonna take a lot of time 
how do you work smarter? How do you save time? Why creating so much content and having like really good results? So it's like something that you're gonna learn over time. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's actually quite interesting that you post three to two times a week. I, I actually upload like five times a week or six times a week just because I want the algorithm to like catch my videos. But actually that's not really done a lot in the last six months I think it's more the collaborations or like maybe if I you know when you co-collaborate a post with like a company or like mm. if a larger company reposts you on their story I think that's like what's done so much more in terms of my growth um which is crazy because you think uploading every single day or majority of the week for like the last three months would actually do a lot but really for me it hasn't done anything because it's actually down to my niche so just you talking about you know strategizing and you know putting like systems in place it will make your life easier but for me I think what works is you do three to two times a week but you produce three to two videos of high quality like recipes like from zero to a hundred like from start to finish whereas for me I do like small things like big dishes like you know, maybe I, re I do a lot of reposting my old videos from last year because they did really that's well. Smart. But that's smart. Yeah. That's because I do that as well. Yeah, because oh, a lot of the okay. algorithm has changed as well. But um, I don't always feel like what's worked in the past works anymore sometimes. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. because that trend is gone or maybe because my uh, my engagement is not so great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, it's interesting to see that you, the way you do things. But I think yeah. strategy something that I definitely struggle with um I think like one of the like last things I kind of like, wanted to know from you was in terms of like SEOs and hashtag research and um maybe choosing the right songs like how do you go about that to fully optimize your posts that you're about to upload on Instagram and TikTok for instance um first I want to build up on your on your previous yeah, yeah, yeah. about like posting <laughs> daily I think it's like there's not really uh, one strategy that says all, like, because everybody is different. It's so, so it's also not a bad thing to post every day if you can. Because I feel like there's like a creator called Feet Green Mind who lives in Germany. She posts, yeah, I think, I every her. day or five times a day, and she works really well. And there is like my creator friend, like Be Extra Vegan. She only posts one per day, but she also is really good. So it's the, it's the, it's the more personal. It's more tailored to what works for you and what you like rather than like having one strategy that fits all because like every everybody is different. Um, yeah, so it's it's also okay if you post five to six times per week if it's something that works for you. Mm, no, yeah. definitely. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, because I think sometimes like I don't want to like lose the love of what I'm doing, but at the same time I want to make sure I'm you know keeping on up to date I'm keeping in tune with it but sometimes I'm like okay but is this working you know so it, yeah mm. it's like you said and I love Fit Green Mind I think Hakata is so good same okay and and then this is the question that you have about research and SEO I think I do a lot of um I so I'm I, I'm having a co I, I have, I'm having a coach I have a food blogger coach um, she has a blog. It's called a sassy spoon, and then I purchased her like a coaching. Um, I think the end of last year, and I've been following her course. And then her course, she has a lot to do with keyword research, and she like how she deals with it. 
Um, and then for me, it's like I started doing it quite recently. So like January, February. So I'm like still hanging out, like still getting used to the hang of it. Um, but basically you have some tools that you type in your keyword and then you see how many people are searching for it. So that's called volume. And then also like, is it easy for you to rank on this keyword? But this is more applicable to having a blog because for social media, people don't really search for stuff. I think it just increase, it just disappear from the feed. And for the hashtag and the music, I don't really have any strategy. I think hashtags don't really work because I was sometimes I see like posts with a one with one hashtag or zero hashtag they perform very well. Um, and then the music thing, I also think it it doesn't really work for me. Like I do see a lot of people who do shorter content where they have like trending audio. For so for example, like they have the corn audio, like I love corn and stuff like that. Maybe that one will work, but for me, I think I do more original content. So I would use my voice or I would do like a live background music. So I don't really spend too much time thinking about how to use those music. So I don't have a really strategy for it, but I think the algorithm, like for me, I think it works in the sense that if somebody view your video more than five seconds, like what is the average duration? So if if people watch more than 50% of your videos, most of the time, then they're gonna show it to more people. And then if people only watch like five seconds of the video and they skip to another one, then maybe the algorithm thinks that your video is not engaging enough and then they will not push out. So I think that is a, really the strategy. I think hashtag don't work. And the music, I think it will be more applicable to people who do like short, short content, like 10 seconds. Because I do mm. see like food creators, I do see them, they have like a, they have like a funny trending audio and then they put it and they make like a really short video. So those are videos that are easy to watch. Um, so it, okay. But I think my are more informative and longer, so they don't really work. But I do see like creators, they create like a video of like, they're making coffee or coffee recipe. And then the trending video is like, um, uh, like if you if you lose out on caffeine then you lose like real motivation to live and it's yeah. like super funny is that relatable and funny that's actually so true because um in the last couple of weeks when my content wasn't doing so well I actually put like one of those um voiceovers where like oh you asked me what I did on the weekend I just ate like something simple like that over like one of my videos yeah. and it did so well just because it was like so relatable but yeah that's actually so true yeah okay that's cool um I think because what I do is I always put trending song I always do like a million hashtag or like 30 hashtags and I always make sure I put in like keywords but I think sometimes maybe my strategy is just doing too much or too many different things at the same time and I'm not sticking to like one thing um so it's just interesting to see your take that hashtags don't actually work I think your more SEO is more on your food blog um yeah. so in terms of your blog do you connect that to your Instagram like for it to have like traction or do you put your recipes always in the caption like what do you do I do a combination of that so I do put it in my link in my bio and then on the stories because you cannot really link the blog on them so I would always tell people to to go to their bio to my bio and then some people are like oh 
why don't you put your recipe in? I don't want to click on the link. Why don't you just put your recipe in the caption? But then I just like ignore all of it. But I, yeah, I think I, I, then I link it on my stories and on my link in my bio. So if people are really interested, they would go to that. Or if they complain, then it's none of my business because it's just like two extra seconds to go to the link. <laughs> but okay. And then, but I think I've been optimizing SEO in terms of search engines, so like Google. So uh, most of my traffic actually comes from organic search, so people looking for chickpea tofu and then they find it via there. Um, I think the social media is more like a boost of traffic, but most of my traffic is still from organic search, which I have been learning through like my, my coach um, about it. Yeah, so it's like it's been helping a lot because I think like those technical aspects are very, very difficult and you need like to have a lot of experience and you need to learn somebody who have done it before in order to, to get to where you want. Um, I think I'm yeah. better at like the business plus creative part of the business rather than like the tech part, which I, but I still have to do it. So it's like I learned it from somebody who has been in the position I want. Because I, yeah. I told you that I see a lot of potential in having a blog plus your social media because having a blog is more like stable and consistent source of income. Whereas like on social media, it's more like give me anxiety because like you don't know if your money is coming in or if your brand is gonna step out of the contract. So for me right now, most of my income are from the from the brand collaborations but in the long term I do want it to be for my blog because it will be like more stable and more consistent so I'm still working to reach the point where that happens but like in the meanwhile it's okay for me to it's good for me to monetize yeah. and grow my social media because I do see like I am better at social media than blog <laughs> like what are your goals for the blog oh um, my god so that's another thing I've been recently trying to figure out. Um, I get I gave myself like the last three months to just see how it goes, upload, um, just get into the swing of things. You know, learning how to reach out to brands, like you know, learning the basics to start earning money. In terms of my goals, I'd really love to be in a position where um, I'm actually fully like I don't have the anxiety of knowing what's coming in every month but at the same time mm. I would love to get like um at a point where I'm growing my following a lot more so I get a lot more traction to people but also actively I'm working with like growing my TikTok page and stuff as well so just to kind of like build up the double platform because I know that sometimes it's harder to go on Instagram but then for some people it's harder to go on TikTok but what I've realized mm. is that Instagram is more like a bit more professional put together kind of like cooking whereas on TikTok it is a bit like messy a bit behind the scenes mm. you can drop like food and like you know you can involve like spoilers and the bloopers and I think people prefer that a lot more on TikTok so understanding that and adapting like let's say if I make one piece of content making sure I split them both in those behaviors rather than just uploading straight from Instagram and straight to TikTok so just kind of like finding a good strategy that works for me mm. um so from April till June I'm focusing more on like my strategy focusing mm. on my need and kind of like going with it and um, maybe not putting so much emphasis mentally on like the metrics of everything mm. so yeah I think for me it's kind of like being consistent as I am um, 
finding a strategy that works for me like for instance if I'm upload a piece of content put it on my spreadsheet and have like all the metrics there to see how my engagement's doing um I really like that strategy I think that that's something I never thought to do um honing down on my niche I've got a couple of ideas that I've been thinking about in the last month um and kind of going with it you know making sure like it's not okay it's okay to not do everything because for me in my head I feel like if I'm doing everything then I have more of a wider reach with brands you know what I mean so whereas if mm. you're niching down something you're actually niching down on the type of brands you work with but really it actually gives me more direction if I have a a niche uh, like an even more of a niche within mm. vegan and vegetarian so that's like two main things strategy and like honing into my niche as number two um mm. aside from that just making sure and remembering to have fun because as much as I stress mm. about what's coming every just remembering just have fun like you know this is more of a creative thing this is tasting you're using all your senses like hearing with the ASMR tasting because of the food smelling um you know touching the food like I feel like I forget all that when I'm content creating because I'm so focused on like am I getting the right shot so yeah things like that definitely do play on my mind but those two things are my biggest goals um what about for you what are your I think goals for the next three months for the next three months, for the next quarter, I'm. I think I'm still trying to implement the learning that I got from it, from my coaching co- uh, course that I'm having, um, into my blog. So I'm just like really trying to grow my blog to a point where I can sign with MediaVine, so it's like a very professional ad network. That but they only accept like a certain requirement, so like fifty thousand. Sessions. So I think now I have like 25k and I need to reach like 50k. So I hope to get to those within like five months because it's like quite a tedious process trying to optimize everything. So I'm like taking it slow as I go and trying to, I'm also trying to establish some contacts that I have in Vietnam because I, I lost all my clients in Sweden. So like now trying to rebuild that network and having like a like consistent um yeah like consistent income stream which I think is way more more consistent now um compared to like when I started so you will get there too and yeah. I'm also yeah and, and I'm also uh working on a coaching course so it's like a group coaching program to help like creators who are like on like who have already started the journey but they lose motivations or they don't know where to go like they are kind of confused with everything and they want to see like how does it go and what are the strategies behind it so just putting everything that I learned in like a systemized framework with like step and step and like a framework to reach to where they want to be and also in terms of monetization so I think it will be really helpful um, so I'm just like trying to fit all of it in. So it's just like a lot already. Yeah. Do you do this full time? I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm also doing uh, it full time. Oh, that's cool. And um, uh, what I wanted to know, like in terms of like your tools. Sorry, I will step back into your coaching, but I wanted to know what kind of tools, physical tools, tools you use. Like what kind of editing apps do you use? What kind of cameras? Like, is that something you share in your coaching classes, or is it just purely like a mental motivation and strategy? 
um, I think also like the technical part and also like the mindset, like the mindset and the mental and also like the business aspect. So I would say like creative business technical, but I, yeah, I can share with you what video editing tool I use. I started out creating content with my phone and I used CapCut, but I think from like this year, I started switching to my camera. There's like my Sony, uh, it's Sony ZV1. <laughs> it's cool. I use a Canon one. Yeah. I I kind of finding like, if I want to get a new lens and I don't know, because I want something more clearer and more like mm. um, food vibrant, like capturing rather than just like a general camera. And I do editing via Premiere Pro. Uh, Premiere Pro. I, I use um, InShot. Is, is Premiere oh. Pro good? Yeah, it's more like it's more like advanced, but I also started with like CapCut, which is like similar to InShot, but you have to pay for the Premiere Pro, which yeah. is like I started paying like from December of last year. So it's like, it was like, okay. Okay, cool. I'm definitely um, looking for new that other content creators do because like you have somebody that you would like to be like in terms of within this industry oh. I think you are kind of like the level that I aspire to be like too so so just knowing like what you use like what helps because I love the way you do your content um it just it's just good to always ask really you know mm -hmm. so yeah um but thank you so much um I feel like if I have any questions I'm just gonna voice note you them through Instagram but is there anything else you'd like to ask me no, I think it's good. And it was really nice meeting you. Oh, you very too. Informative. So lovely because um, sometimes like, because you're always behind a screen and you're always talking to people over DMs or emails, like it's so hard to be like with people because it's all digital. So it's always nice to do like a little podcast or like go and jump on a call with another creator that you'd love to be like. Um, and it's just nice to help each other, you know? Mm. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> And um, it was very nice to connect with you. It's like having like a co-worker. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. It's like we're working from home together and we're talking to each other on like a chat. <laughs> uh, well, Anne, it's been so lovely to see you and meet you officially over the phone. But hopefully one day I'll come down to Vietnam again. Or you can hopefully come down to London. And I would we'll do love like a to. You, if you do, please do message me because yeah, um, honestly, yeah. I'll take you everywhere. Um, but yeah. Um, so much more will be coming soon and I hope we do achieve all our goals in the next few months I hope you too and you are doing so well thank you so much I really appreciate it um keep uploading can't wait to see what you upload next <laughs> me too bye <laughs> bye bye